Hello, listeners. Uh, we're going to start this podcast off on a little bit of a somber note, uh, remembering Sione Becoso, who was a BYU offensive lineman that transferred from Arizona State recently, who unfortunately passed away in an accident in Hawaii this past week. So our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family at this time, and we encourage you guys as well to uh, keep Sione and his family in your prayers. Welcome everybody to this episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are very excited to be with you today because we get to discuss a lot. First of all, the college football playoff. That was fun, right guys? Nope. (laughs) Jared's got some takes later. And Dan as well. Now we got some uh, bowl game recaps. We have BYU basketball recaps because Uh BYU football season is over. So we got to start talking about something. It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you are... um, Downloading the episodes, make sure that you are leaving a review. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal2RoyalPod so we can keep this community growing and we can keep having fun together. Without further ado, let's get to it now. Let's b- b- bull. Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go for your death, Greg! Let's back this bull Yeah! Let's go wild, let's man. Go, baby. Let's go. Welcome in listeners to a long coming episode of the greatest podcast. Yes. Yes. That's right. We are back after a lovely Christmas break. Mm-hmm. Hope everybody had a lovely one. Yes. And I hope everyone is having a happy new year as well. Uh, yes. New 2023. year. New year. New podcast. Kinda. Is it new at all? <laughs> well, hey, good, good news about the new year, right? So 2022, BYU football wasn't exactly what we wanted, right? No. So we say, what do, what do we say? We'll get them next year. Aye. Guess what? It's next year, baby. It's we'll get them. This year. is the year. Let's this go. This is the year we get them. This is our year. First things first, I'm going to need y'all to get some holly and ivy. Ooh. Ooh. Decorative. Because we have housekeeping. And um, as you listen, on December 5th, it is the 12th day of Christmas. Ah. The last day. So I hope you enjoyed Christmas, everyone. Okay, cool. Because it's over today. I didn't know we went backwards. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works, apparently. Oh. Oh. My dad loves to bring that up. Okay. I did not know that. <laughs> so what's the 12 dancing drummers or something? Is that the... 12. On the 12th day of Christmas, my lover brought to me... Partridge. A new episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. Hey. Woo! All right. That's exactly I think that's exactly Let's do our housekeeping. Goes. All right. Um, first thing, we got some news. 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 Let's talk about BYU sports. Okay. I bet you didn't know we were going to go there today. <laughs> not on this podcast. No way. Well, football season is officially over for Brigham Young University, so that means we're going to start talking a little bit more basketball. So let's mm. talk some basketball news, okay. because men's basketball is actually kind of worth talking about right now, as they are on a seven-game win streak. Yes, they have took a turn for the better. That's good. Coming into the beginning of the regular season, they started off exhibition play very well. Uh, we're, we're riding high as we start the season now in college basketball. Honestly, I don't know what we're doing, but it's working. It doesn't seem like we're doing anything that differently, except we're shooting the ball better, we're playing better defense, we're still turning the ball over 20 times a game, Yep. but at least yeah. we're winning now. Whatever we need yeah. to do, we need to stop doing it. We need to keep losing. <laughs> I, that might be a hot take, but we need to keep losing for this reason. Mm. We're heating up at the wrong time. Ah. It's yeah. not close enough to the conference <clears throat> tournament. If we're going to heat up, it needs to be closer to the conference tournament. Uh, one more gripe, though. I must add this gripe. I don't know how okay. many... Did you guys watch the BYU Pacific game on the WCC network? Uh, Pacific game? No. <laughs> it I was... This one. The production quality was slightly lower than your average house cat. It was absolutely horrendous. Like, it was, it was the worst <laughs> broadcast I've ever seen. Super laggy. And, like, the two announcers they had were just Pacific homers that were just talking about Pacific the entire time. This is the worst BYU team I've ever seen. Meanwhile, Pacific is getting beat by 20. 
Yeah. <laughs> they had yeah. one camera angle. There were no cuts, no breaks, no, like. Wow. It was disgusting. And it was just the same commercial. Yeah. There was only one commercial. <laughs> one commercial and the WCC's like own like self-publicity commercial. Yeah. That's wow. the only two commercials that would run. And then it would cut back to the broadcast, be silent for 15 seconds while it just showed a half-empty arena. And then they'd go, well, BYU's turned over the ball this many times. <laughs> and then every time they would change the score, the score would like flash to these weird symbols. And it was like they had to click like plus one, plus one each time somebody scored. It was, it was something. What's worse, this or the Mountain Dew? <clears throat> uh... <laughs> Tough one. That is a tough one. <laughs> That's a tough one. I, I might say this. Oh. Eight years later, ten years later, this is worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, that just makes me think about how things will change as we join the Big Twelve. God mm-hmm. bless America. Yep. The broadcast experience will certainly be one of them. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, every single team in the Big Twelve right now is in the top 44 of the net. Yeah, yeah. Like it's there's insane. a scenario where the top of the Big Twelve, like I think Kansas loses six games in league, <laughs> and Oklahoma being the bottom team, like only wins four games in league. And in that scenario, it's likely that the entirety of the Big Twelve makes the tournament. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the <possible>. entirety. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That is scary. Speaking of uh, conference dominance, we need to talk about BYU uh-huh. because mm-hmm. only three undefeated teams are left. In WCC League play right now. Okay. Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU. The big three. Does that shock anyone? Nope. But <laughs> it is only the fourth time that we have ever started 2-0 and in WCC play. That is more shocking to me. <laughs> that is so ridiculous. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I heard a stat the other day that was like, somebody was like, we have beaten Gonzaga more times in the kennel than we have in Provo. Yep. What? And we've beaten them twice in Provo, three times in the kennel for an overall record of hear this overall including everything six and 23 against gonzaga (laughs) and that's the best record against gonzaga of anybody else in the wcc during that let's go hang the banner baby six and 23 versus gonzaga best record against gonzaga (laughs) it's been a crazy month for byu basketball while we all forgot about them and just didn't pay attention they raised they, they raised themselves i don't know they were they were 213 in the net before their win streak started they're now 93. Wow. So that's yeah. a upward movement of 120 spots in less than a month. <clears throat> so if we do Big that jump. again, we'll be one of the premier teams in college basketball. Let's just jump another 120 spots in the next month. So we'll be okay. like negative 33 in net. <laughs> that sounds good to me. That, uh, that yeah, let's keep it up. <laughs> Pretty soon we might qualify for the NIT. It's a big Whoa. deal. Hey, hey, slow down, slow down. <laughs> um, so I, I want to ask, what have been sort of the biggest names in the box score for this BYU team during their win streak? Surprisingly enough, Rudy Williams has been on a scoring tear lately. He's yeah. been doing very well. He's still turning the ball over a ton. Off the but bench, he's been a good yeah bench, bench spark. That's a big change. Hall is playing very well. Um, Richie Saunders is actually playing extremely well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spencer Johnson came back for his first game off He's his injury back. last game or two games ago maybe. In, uh, two in the, games ago, yeah. In the last two games. Yeah. And he immediately started putting up 10, 15 points again. So honestly, it's it's just like kind of an even distribution. Yeah, of course, yeah. we, have, we have to mention Fusini Traore as well because he's an Fus- absolute baller. But. Yeah, the boards. fun note, Fusini Traore leads the team – in free throw percentage. Yes. He's like and 93% the past seven games or something. You want to hear what his overall percentage is? Yeah. Reminder, he leads the team in free throw oh, percentage. Okay. Oh, no. 59.7. <laughs> oh, and he leads the team. <laughs> and he's hit like 30 of 33 for the last seven games, like Justin said. Yeah. And yet he still leads the team with not even 60%. <laughs> oh, that is absolutely beautiful. One Sheesh. thing I should mention is in that watching these games, um, one person that's looking a lot better than last year is Atiki Ali Atiki. Yes. Mm. He looks a lot more polished. He's, he's going to need to be more polished, and he will be over the next couple of years. But it's it's crazy to me, like, watching on just, like, a normal fast break or just, like, a normal, like, set play even. You have guards in Dallin Hall and, and Richie Saunders that are throwing lobs to Atiki Ali Atiki who's like dunking on people's backs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it's not something you commonly see in a BYU basketball game. <laughs> so, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's exciting to see. It is. 
Uh, our point spread is actually really kind of like Justin was saying. It's not just one guy. Rudy, Foos, Gideon, and Spencer all average over 11 points a game. And the leader is Rudy with 12.9. So it's it's a wow. very even distribution. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, something that I've seen as well. Spencer Johnson coming back and coming off the bench. He's being just as productive as he was oh, yeah. as a starter. And so I think that helps Mark Pope because now he doesn't have to change his lineup again to try and fit Spencer Johnson back into a starting role. He already has Rudy Williams, one of the best players, coming off the bench. So I think that's going to help keep the co- the cohesiveness of this team intact as they get players back. Yeah, I think that'll help keep us in games as well because we don't have a huge drop-off going to our bench. Exactly. It'll yeah. put us in, as a very balanced team, and that can um, be very beneficial for us in the WCC, which may be a more balanced league than it has been in years past. Yes. Yeah, Gonzaga is not on its normal tear that it's on. It's still an incredibly good team, and it hasn't lost any dumb games. But Gonzaga at the moment is sitting at, oh, I don't even know what their record is. It didn't pop up when I Googled it. Oh, well. Where are they even ranked? They are ranked. They're ranked in the top ten, if I'm not mistaken. But Gonzaga currently is sitting at a record of, of course, what? what? Every time I click on something, it doesn't, it's not like what I want it to be. Yeah. I want to uh, say they have 12 wins. 12 and 3. Yeah. They are 12 and 3 they're with ninth. a loss to, um, Let's see. Texas. Texas. Which is a top 10 team. Top 10 team. Yep. Uh, a loss good. to Purdue, who is a top 25 team. Though top, it was by top one team. Oh, I guess they are upset. number one now. They're number yeah. one now. <laughs> they were top 25 at the time. Yeah. Shout out Purdue. 22 point loss. And then a one point loss to Baylor. All right. Caleb Loner beat Gonzaga. Caleb Loner. <laughs> that was revenge. Glad he got to experience that. Yeah. Gonzaga ranked ninth in the country right All now. right. They only beat Montana by 10. They only beat Michigan State by one. That they've had a lot of really close games. They're not very high in the net. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's going to be interesting. St. Mary's is actually above them in the net, if I remember correctly. Yeah. It's like fourteen, fifteen. Uh, I think WCC is not wide open, but I think of all the years BYU has been at WCC, this is one of the better chances that they will have at winning the WCC. And it's just very sad that our team is not as good as it has been in the past. Now, we are on a seven-game win streak. We don't know if this is just a product of playing bad teams or if we're actually turning a corner. We'll find out probably this week, right? We go on the road to mediocre teams in the WCC, but they're not pushovers. Yeah. If we can beat both of those teams on the road and not have a classic, you know, fart the school bus to town fart game against to town. a uh, middle-of-the-pack WCC team, I, I think we have a chance. I do. I, yeah. I'm not saying it's a good chance, but I'm saying there's a chance. If you really want to find out, guess who we play immediately after those two schools? Uh, Gonzaga? Gonzaga hey. at home. Oh, what? In yeah, Provo. we get Gonzaga at home early this year. Darn. But maybe that's good because we're on such a winning streak. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, though. <clears throat> so Thursday the 5th, we play Loyola Marymount on the road. That is currently an even, even line. Hey. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. That's going to be, again, this will be where our metal is made, as it is said in okay. some parts of the country yeah. that are industrial. Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh. I think these two games are going to be very important for BYU <clears throat> in determining what really our ceiling is. Do we have a chance at taking on the big dogs in the tournament, or are we bound to lose in the first round of the NIT? I don't know what LMU is. Uh, they yeah. took a six-point loss to Pacific, but right. they also beat Portland by twenty. Interesting. Yeah. That is very interesting. They're eleven and five. For us, it was flip flop. Yeah, we beat Portland by like six, and then beat Pacific by like twenty. Mm-hmm. WCC basketball. Anything could happen. <laughs> Anything. Well, uh, BYU football is officially in the off season. We mentioned it earlier. Yep. They did have a football game that we will recap in just a hot second. Heck yeah. Um, but first, I think some more pressing issues are what is happening off the field. Definitely. We are joining the Big 12 next year. That is no surprise to anyone. If it is, welcome. <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> uh, welcome, yes. We, there's been a lot of movement, shall we say. Coaching staff, uh, defensive staff is finally complete. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Ina, the linebacker coach, was the last piece of the puzzle there. And also transfers, namely Aiden Robbins, running back from UNLV in Louisville, and Keydon Slovis, yes, the Provo is the Truman Show quarterback from USC and Pitt, 
Yeah. He is coming here to play at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, where all the fans will not be saying, you stink, Keaton. No. If you hadn't heard the interview, go back to our previous episode and look for it there. We included it in our previous episode. It's an absolute hilarious, pretty absolutely hilarious interview with Keaton Slovis. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel like it makes me think better about him that he's willing to come here and play for us even after having experiences like that in the past. Hopefully he likes it here and it's a good place for him to succeed. I guess we'll see. What if, like, just ironically, right, the first game of the season – Keenan Slovis comes out as the starting quarterback, and everyone just starts chanting, Slovis, you stink! Slovis, you stink! <laughs> and it's like a term of endearment. Kind of yes. like wanker with, 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 with uh, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Exactly. It's, it's like a term of endearment. Stinker! Stink. Stinker! Stinker! <laughs> we should all get shirts that say, Slovis stinks. <laughs> Slovis stinks. Good. Stinks good. There we go. All right. You love stinks good. You heard it here first. Yep. Just like those Boise City uh, shirts that were so successful. <laughs> we'll be doing that again next year. With Slovis Stinks Good. That's, yep. that, Slovis those Stinks we'll Good. Making. You can purchase them on our website for $20 million. Oh, yeah. Plus tax. Yep. It is with a heavy heart that we must announce some people transferring away from the program. Oh. There have been a few people that have transferred, but we will focus on two. Yeah. Namely... Our good friend Corbin Green, oh, who, KG. as it sits now, is in the transfer portal, has not transferred away yet, could theoretically withdraw his name at any point, though he has not expressed any intention to do so. Uh, God rest you, merry gentlemen. Yep. Good we luck. love Whatever Corbin. Happens. He's great. He's He was a great friend of the podcast. Great show. We actually messaged him to wish him luck wherever he ended up, and this is what he had to say to the community. He just says that our support means a lot. It was a pleasure getting to meet us. All right. Thank you. It was igual, igualmente. It was a pleasure. Igualmente. A, yep. A rich pleasure. As well, Gabe Judy Lolly is in the transfer portal. Um, also friend of the po- of the podcast. Good luck wherever you end up. Apparently, he wants to go a little bit closer to home. Uh, understandable. Vanderbilt is like, uh, I don't know how many miles? thousand miles from yeah. Provo? Almost 2,000, maybe. I think he's actually from North Carolina. Where's he from? Even farther. farther. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Vanderbilt's in Tennessee, right? Memphis? Yeah, yeah, Tennessee. Or Kentucky. Um, no, yeah. Tennessee. The Tennessee? Tennessee? Memphis, Tennessee. Nashville, I want to say. Oh, no, no, Nashville. You're right, you're Nashville. right. It's Nashville. So, how is he still eligible, though? He graduated so, in three years. He did graduate in three years. Oh. So, he has a senior plus COVID. Yes. So, he has, he has two years. Okay. He has I don't two know, years I, left? Does he call it? Yeah. He has yeah, a senior sure. and he has technically a grad okay. year. Yeah. He can be a grad transfer. Right, right, right. Yes, right. he has that grad transfer eligibility left. Because it's, it's like a fifth year. It's basically a fifth year. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck, Gabe. Yeah. Good luck. Uh, I don't want to bring this up, mm. but we also had a player that we interviewed that decommitted literally like the next day. <laughs> so. <laughs> after he told us, I'm so excited to come to BYU. He man. like told us afterwards, he's like, this is so dope. I'm so excited. I know. <laughs> so uh, he sat talking to us like for 10 minutes after the, the interview was over. This was so cool, guys. He just, he hit his peak. He peaked with us. He, he knew peaked. that he couldn't yeah. get any better at BYU. So. <laughs> we didn't know what happened to him. Uh, he, he committed to UAB. 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 Huge step up. Okay. Yeah, he's trying to build up his hometown program, apparently. Okay. I, I respect that. Yeah, I respect I, that. I, I can get That's respectable. That. That's yeah. respectable. Uh, yeah, to, in, to build on your depressing statistic, Jared, uh, we've interviewed five players thus far. Okay. Three of them have now left the program. Mm-hmm. Oof. <laughs> So shout out to Dom Henry <laughs> Yes And to Quentin Rice Let's go We love you guys You guys are our favorites Stay strong Undisputed Dom Henry Our offensive favorite Quentin Rice Our sec- our defensive favorite Boom Yeah and if they leave You might have to do some <laughs> Internal investigations <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Might have to Take a look at ourselves We're gonna report ourselves We're gonna, to the athletic Yes department. We're gonna self-sanction here yeah. One <laughs> one postseason ban One year postseason but ban But we're not po- We're not Imposing the ban yet. No. But no. on the next person leaving. Right. Unless it's just like for something completely understandable. Yeah. Yes. We will be self-imposing a ban. Yes. Because yeah. right now, this is just, what is it? Concurrence of events? Yes. This yeah. is, this is not cause and effect. 
It's, it's just, just it's correlation. Correlation. That's correlation, not causation. That's, exactly. I have not reached out to any of the recent transfers. Good to interview them. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're gonna save that for the off season and I any people that we sign or that transfer in the BYU. Then we will then reach out. Or maybe we'll reach out to these guys. Just Who knows? Once the transfer oh, portal window closes, yes. Then we'll- Yes. yes. Once the After window closes closing, in May, then and we once signing them. day is passed, when they're yep. stuck here, we will start interviewing players again. Yep. Lock them up, then we come in. All right. Um, both Barringtons from the offensive line, both Clark and Campbell. Clark was there was a lot of talk of him going to the NFL. He transfers to Baylor. Why? I don't Weird know. Move. And Weird Campbell move. Barrington, I understand Campbell Barrington. Like, if you're not happy here, if you don't think you're gonna play, like, go find it somewhere better or. Go somewhere where they're going to treat you better. And Jeff Grimes recruited him, right? Yeah. yeah. So, of course, he wants to go over there. And Mateus as well. But mm-hmm. Clark Barrington going to Baylor rather than going to the NFL, I don't I don't know if his ceiling – like, is he going to get better? Is his draft stock going to improve there? No. I no, don't think not. so. I don't think it would much. I mean, <laughs> he already has done a great job in college. I feel like even at BYU, he's getting the respect he deserves as an offensive lineman. Yeah. Right. So what, what does he have to gain from a move to a new program? Not much. Yeah, I don't know. He was rated super highly, and it came out today, actually, that BYU's offensive line was the number one pass-blocking offensive line in the whole country. Right. I, Which is weird to me. But. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah, but what's we'll expect? Yeah. <laughs> he was doing great here. I don't think Asterisk, his draft stock no rises. Asked. I guess, yeah, he gets to go with, be with Grimes. He gets to go play with his brother. He gets to be with Mateos. And Aranda was also an offensive line coach at some point, if okay. I'm not mistaken. So maybe he'll have some offensive line tutelage. But, yeah, I, I don't see his draft stock rising any more than it already has. Now, we're talking about the NFL draft with this guy. But if this is just a move because he loves playing college football and he wants to play one more year with his brother and with his coach that recruited him, I'll – Go for it. Yes, yeah. all power to you, right? Cool. Can't, yeah, I can't, can't poke holes in that. Yeah, but if he does want to go to the NFL, I'm monkey head scratching there. Yeah. So this makes me think. Yes. That's good. Joining the Big 12, mm. we will want some sort of rivalry, some sort of relationships with different teams. True. How's Baylor looking as our number one potential rival? Or who else would it be if not I mean, Baylor? They stole half our offensive line. And our yeah. offensive coordinator. Yeah. They stole coaches, football players, basketball players. Yep. Mm-hmm. They yeah, kept us out of the NYC or the NY6 in 2021. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm. I, I think this rivalry between us and Baylor, and, and this is judging a lot by like the Twitter and the media spokespeople out there, that the BYU-Baylor rivalry will be like kind of like the very cordial rivalry. Yeah. Kind of like the yeah. Pope and the Prophet have, is yeah. what I'm guessing, right? Yeah, it's very similar. Where they're like, yes, they, they, they are rivals, right? But they're very friendly, and the there's not a lot of animosity between the two programs. So in that respect, I think yes. I think that will be a team that we have close ties to that we will enjoy playing uh, back and forth every year. Like frenemies type of thing. Yes. More friends maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's how I see it too. Maybe not like any other rivalry we've ever experienced at BYU. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of weird, huh? I don't know. Well, they took our offensive line. It's only fair that they give us some defensive linemen or some Hey, can we have Siaki Ika? Okay. That would be big. One of their four-star DBs just entered the portal today. Hey. Hey. Trade. Little little, little trade skis. Eye for an eye. On the trade machine. Yeah, why not? Okay. All right. Um, (laughs) Yeah, let's go over any other news we have left. It's been a very busy offseason so far. Yes. Still a lot of time left. Um, So, we've got some help on defense. Okay, that's good because we need it. (laughs) Defensive line, we've got Wyatt Daw from SUU. Jackson Cravens from Boise City, local kid. And then Isaiah Bagnaw, mm-hmm. also from Boise City. Yep. Okay. Another defender. And then at some lineman help, Wayman Lapuaho from Utah State is transferring in as well. And that's good because we're going to need some more help on that offensive line. Not that the players we have are bad, but just we need depth. Depth. We do need depth. And I hear that BYU is pursuing some very big names in the portal. We'll see what ends up coming here. Mm-hmm. But all of these guys that are coming here are not just guys that didn't play at their G5 schools transferring here. They're players that excelled at their G5 schools and will be able to contribute. 
Aiden Robbins from UNLV, he's going to be a phenomenal running back. A thousand yard rusher last year. I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. Isaiah Bagna, also a very good outside end, kind of blitz the quarterback pass rush type. Very excited to see him play as well. I don't know anything about Wyatt Daw, but that Daw last name leads me to believe that there might be Mm. some familial type. Yes. Zach Daw, yeet the cleat. Yep. Yeah. If he can follow that, that'd be great. If he can yeet another cleat without getting penalized. Yes. Like his brother. Yep. Max Tooley did it wrong. He Mm. got penalized. It's only cool if you get away with it. Exactly. Uh, We also had some people declare for the draft. Lorenzo Faotea, which was interesting. Yeah. Probably the most Isn't he old? One. Yeah, I he's, think like he would he would have been a grad student. Yes, he's pretty old. Um, Peyton Wilgar declaring for the draft. Understandable. Understandable. Okay. He wasn't amazing, but scouts like him. He's solid, I guess. Yeah, Puka Nakua unfortunately is declared for the draft, and also Jaren Hall. But we kind of yeah. both saw those ones yeah. coming. Yeah, of good luck to those two. Go get your bag, boys. Yep. Hope they get drafted by a good situation. <laughs> not Jack by the Wilson. New York Jets. <laughs> not the Jets. Not hey. the Commanders. Come hell or high water, Robert Sala's stick with Zach Wilson That's for Week 18. Said, huh? <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, um, pretty lame there. Uh, Honestly, do you, why don't more players that get drafted by the Jets pull an Eli Manning? Right? Yeah. Just say no. Just like, no. I'm not playing for San Diego. Not going there. <laughs> like, demand a trade immediately. Now, I don't want to get into the whole Zach Wilson thing right now. <laughs> yeah. Because one, I don't like the NFL. <laughs> I hate it. Um, You're also a Jets fan, though. You have to realize, as determined yeah. earlier on the podcast, I'm an obligatory Jets fan. I just love that, like, we went through that whole process, and it ended up being the Jets, got- right? Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, this bag. My luck. Anyway, don't want to get into that whole thing, but the fact that like Mike White has been sucking too, and all the Jets fans are like, wait a second. This might be our OC's problem. Hmm. It's like, no, duh. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of coaching problems, though, mm. uh, Dan, do you actually believe that Ron Rivera did not know he could be eliminated from the playoffs last week? So, he he came after he said that, you know, he didn't say what he meant to say and that he was answering a different question or something. But it definitely sounds like he was unaware that his team could be eliminated that game. Likely story, Ron. Which the look of shock on his face when the reporter asked that question. was like, huh? Wait, yeah. we need to try? That was, uh, that was a tough look, for sure. Uh, yeah, and that's Talking NFL. Really strong podcast, cool. Oh, it was a really good week for BYU players, we must add. Oh, uh, true. Jamal Williams yes, had an incredible was. week. Uh, only four yards away from 1,000 yards, he would be the first BYU 1,000-yard rusher in the NFL. Wow. Wow. Tyler Algier has season. over 1,000 all-purpose uh, yards and would need, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of 120 yards. or so rushing yards to break wow. 1,000 rushing yards on the season, only having really played in, like, eight games. And he's a rookie, bro. Yeah, like, that's incredible. Yep. Taysom Hill scored a touchdown. Uh, Zach Wilson rode the bench again. Zach Wilson rode the bench. Dax right. Milne has scored a touchdown this year. True. He had one punt return for 15 yards. That's pretty yeah, good, not right? Bad, not bad, not bad, not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, any, any other NFL Pro news? Cougs, there you uh, go. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Sorensen had an interception, I think. Oh, cool. Uh, good for him. He actually is still in the league. Oh, Kyrus Tonga also with the Vikings had Kyrus four tackles. Tonga's, he's got himself a Yeah, nice Kyrus career. Tonga is like one of the top-rated interior defensive linemen yeah. in the entire NFL he's, right now. He's, he's doing well. That's that's good for him. Shout he's out to the Bears a freaking monster. <laughs> uh, the Bears. You know what? I read something. The Bears dropped two players from their team. Both of them were signed by the Vikings, and now both <laughs> of them are like number one or number two in their statistical categories. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Love that. Ooh. Got, got, some, got some, got a binger. We got got a binger. Got I think that means that uh, we need to move on. Yep, that's the bell, right? That's the bell. Right? That's the bell. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, bowl season has just happened, and it was glorious bowl season uh, in some respects. It was a fun one. In, objectively speaking, this was one of the best bowl seasons that I can remember. This was a good one. This this was great. Uh, as far as the picks went, uh, I won, surprisingly. Okay. By a margin. By a margin. By a margin. Considerable. Yes. Uh, I was up four games on Dan, who's up two games on Justin. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, some news. I did the confidence picks. Uh-oh. Um, yeah. And I would just like to read you guys this, because I was following it, and I was obviously in London and Paris, and so I couldn't watch the games at all. I'd uh-huh. just like wake up in the morning and check the scores. So, my regular picks 
were good enough to put me in the top thousand of ESPN brackets. Whoa. And my confidence picks were number six sixteen in all of ESPN's brackets. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Okay. I, not to toot my own horn, but honk honk, baby. Knowledge no big deal. <laughs> Probably the first time it's ever happened. Big shot over. Don't there. expect it year to year. Honestly, I'm not mad I got last place. This was just a fun bowl season. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, like bowl picks are always fun because like you can go super crazy into them. But I think it's more fun when you just say, Hey, chaos is gonna happen. Let's pick you know what? This random narrative, I'm gonna run with it. Let's pick this team. Yep. Uh, I will say this, the chaos thing. My dog Coda was leading our family until the last day of bowl picks. Wow. My dog! <laughs> Coda! Coda! <laughs> love that. Yeah, anyway. Recurring guest on the pod. We love Coda. Yep. There is one bowl game in particular that we should probably cover, though, huh? Uh, probably. Maybe. For the sure. Albuquerque, New Mexico Bowl. Yes. Perhaps. Where Brigham Young University played a football game. And wore the dopest helmets I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I love that we're incorporating the Sailor Cookmore. Yes. Love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. We're glad that we did. And I will say this. Although the uniforms did not look as good as they did in Allegiant Stadium, they looked incredible. Looked on good. TV, yep. I just rewatched the game because I missed it. I was on a flight. I had to. I bought the Wi-Fi, paid 20 bucks for Wi-Fi, and I couldn't even get the ESPN app to load. Oh, my god! <laughs> and so I had to stream Greg's call through the BYU radio app. And I had one headphone in, my dad had the other one in. <laughs> it was a wild experience. One of you guys fly. is getting the bass, one of you guys is getting the tenor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, it was. It seemed like a good game. It, it was awesome, right? Yeah. I don't know. What were you guys' One thoughts? thing we got to say, no Jaron Hall in this game. Right. Right. No Jacob no, Conover. No Jacob Conover. True. Transferred. Forks up. No, no Cade Fennigan. Mm-hmm. Question he mark. He had a knock, I, I heard. A Maybe knock? Not. Or wait, no, didn't they have like a competition? I think he, he had practice, an ankle. But he didn't have a knock. He had an ankle. Okay. So, we were led by none other than Sol J. Mayava Peters. Hey! The freshman. He's still a freshman. Um, <laughs> and he finished with 12 passing attempts for 47 yards and one interception. But he had 96 rushing yards. Hey! A leading rusher. And somehow that was enough to win the game. <laughs> <laughs> of those tw- uh, 12 passes, he completed seven of them. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, all seven of those completions came in the first half. BYU did not complete a single pass in the second half. Nice. Yeah. Not a banner day for quarterback play. <laughs> no, soldier, I have a Peters is the goat. But it was enough. It was he enough. was game managing in the beginning. Game manager, well. for sure. Love that. I remember texting Dan and Jared right away being like, can we get another perfect bowl game from a backup <laughs> BYU quarterback? Zach Wilson 2.0. Yeah, unfortunately, that did not happen. But, uh, yeah, he actually passed the ball to Isaac Rex over the middle. True. That was big. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, his passes weren't bad. The pick was bad. <laughs> but the other passes, like, for a freshman starting his very first game ever, I was like – Impressed. I wasn't I, okay. I wasn't impressed, but I was not disappointed. I was like, "This yeah. is exactly what I thought he would do." Could right? have been a lot worse. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Uh, running the ball, he actually looked pretty good. Yeah, like he yeah. looked slippery. He looked like he knew what he was doing. He'd get out of tackles. He'd make good reads, cuts, make guys miss. He even scored a touchdown. Yeah, and I liked that. A Rod's approach, right? If you don't have your starter and you're gonna play a guy that's never played before. Like, play the guy who can run the ball well. And he did. He did just that, and it was, like Dan said, it was enough. Yeah, Christopher Brooks also had a pretty good running day. Uh, He was running hard the entire time. He was very hard to bring down. He scored a touchdown. One thing I do want to add, though, we do have one rusher that is not a regular name. In fact, he is a freshman, class of 2022 guy, Parker Kingston. Hey. All right. Getting his first touches. There we go. Got a touch. So, two yards. yards. Yeah. That's his only stat on the entire year. That's good. Good for him. <laughs> One attempt, two yards, average two yards, long two yards. Nice. Could be worse. Yeah. Uh, our kickers did pretty well, I think. Jake Oldroyd was one for one field goals, three for three extra points. Wow. And Ryan Raykow had a 67-yard punt, and three out of four were inside the 20. Finally. Finally, right? Good day for our punter. Yeah. So, when the fact of the matter the most. is, I don't think we should have won this game. <laughs> I know. It's kind of surprising that we did, but shout out to our defense, I guess. We gave up 14 points in the fourth quarter. Okay. Yeah. 
or sorry, 13 points. 13. In, 13, 13 points in the fourth quarter. 13. 13. And our defense was absolutely sucking. Our offense was absolutely sucking. We were just sucking all across the board. But for whatever reason, SMU decides, let's go for a two and end the game here. And our defense came up and made a stop. Jacob yep. Robinson, he has atoned for all of those posters he is on. From the ECU game, from the USU game, from the Baylor game, from the Oregon game. I feel so... Notre Dame as well. Yep. I feel so bad for him because like... 95% of those posters he was on, he was in good position, making a good yes! play. Yes! Yeah. The wide receiver just made a dang good play. Just Jacob Robinson was in position. Like I've said, it's amazing that he's in the frame. All of our other DBs are not in the frame in those kind of situations. Nope. He's like one of our best defenders. It's just sad. But anyway, huge stop for him. Great form tackle, beautiful hit. Uh, yeah. So, just to review... Uh, we were up 24 to 17 um, at, towards the end of the fourth quarter. They scored a touchdown, 24-23. They, instead of kicking the field goal, went for two, and that's when we made that big stop and got the win. Big dub. Tanner Mordecai, who's not even like a huge runner, ran the ball. Like a designed quarterback run for the two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20, 2016 BYU versus Utah, two-point conversion to win the game. And we lose nineteen to twenty because oh. quarterback kept, keeps the ball. Is that Boise State? Uh, it was at Utah. Utah. Oh. Taysom Hill kept the ball. Hill, yeah. Utah. I think it also happened at Boise State. Probably. Actually, honestly. yes, yes, it did. <laughs> did it? Earlier with freaking what's his bucket? Smurf turf. Oh my gosh, you're right, Dan. Yeah. The Smurf turf. Hey, but shout out to our defense because a Ben Bywater with the disgusting pigtails got a pick six. <laughs> that was awesome. A great play. Yeah. I just didn't want to look at him. Um. And also, this is an SMU team that was averaging over 34 points a game. That's pretty yeah. good to hold them to 23. Yeah. So, overall, thoughts on the bowl game? Good? Does it mean anything to you guys? Mm, what is it? 10 extra practices? Yeah. Yeah. Or, sure. Yeah. Something like that. Puts a good taste in the mouth of the players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's not a good thing. I don't know. Gabe Judulali got the win of bowl game. Hey. Yes. Good, Good for him. Good for you, Gabe. He did what he came to do. Honestly, yeah, he did what he came to do. He transferred out. Like, I'm out. I'm done now. Go back. Um, I think that this game, it doesn't really mean much that we won, but if we would have lost, it would have meant a ton. I think yeah. that would have, the mentality of Cougar fans would have been spiraling, right? Yeah. This program is in shambles. We just yeah. got we just lost, got our butts kicked, whatever, right? But because we won, it's like, hey, not all is bad. Like, we can still put together a competent football team. And so, even though I don't think it gives us a ton of hope moving forward, it saves us from that depressing spiralation that would happen to us during the offseason had we lost this game. 8 and 5 feels better than 7 and 6. Incredibly better. This just feels better. Yeah. I think it, yeah, it definitely adds some, maybe a little bit of a right the ship feeling to finish off the season. And like Jared said, for the fans, it's great for us to see that maybe we can have a little bit more hope going into next season than we did have. And hopefully we learned lots of ways to improve because next year we're going <laughs> to learn even more of those ways. That's a good way to put it, Dan. We're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot of ways to get better. <laughs> This is kind of a fun one, guys. Something I just uh, discovered right now. Okay. okay. We started out the year 4-1. and one Okay. Yes. With a disgusting loss to Oregon. That, that unfortunately, Jared and I were witnesses to. That was disgusting. And then we went on a four-game losing streak. True. And then we ended the year on a four-game win streak. Okay. So, bas- okay. uh, football is kind of like basketball, I guess. A game of streaks. A game of runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, four-game loss streak. Uh, four-game losing streak. Four-game winning streak. That's okay. Honestly... That's okay. I would rather have it be that way than the other way around, right? Yeah, I'd rather end on the wins than the loss. Start eight and one and then finish eight and five. That would be that horrible. Suck. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. good. That's the season. That is the season. Uh, we'll be covering all the BYU offseason moves as we move ahead. But right now, we have the rest of college football to talk about. Notably, maybe, okay, not maybe. Objectively, the greatest college football playoff we have ever seen. Clap yeah. it up for humanity. Such good games. Good semifinals. For all those people Amazing. barking out there saying, 
Oh, the semifinals are always blowouts. Why would we expand the college football playoff? Suck that. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is a sign that the gap between the great programs and the good programs coming together, baby. Getting smaller. It is getting much smaller. And that makes me so excited for the 12-team playoff. With the New Year's Six Bowls we had, too. Oh, my gosh. This 12-team playoff this year would have been electric. Oof. Absolutely insane. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about it. First game was Michigan TCU. I got to watch maybe the first five minutes of this game, and then I had to go to work. And so I wasn't able to watch Boo. any of the other games. Boo. I know, I know. I, I did not want to, well, to put it lightly, I was not happy with my life situation on Saturday New Year's okay. Eve. Your life situation. <laughs> and it did not end well, but we'll get to that later. No, it did not. But let's start with TCU Michigan. First of all, I knew TCU was destined to win this football game from the very start. You want to know why? Why? Because why on the pregame graphic, there was the Michigan logo and the TCU logo. Now, what? this is ESPN, right? Yeah. This is the coverage of the game. Official. Official the ESPN. Do you know what they used for TCU's logo? The Hypnotoad! Yeah. <laughs> they used the Hypnotoad as one of the official logos. After that, I knew it was raps. <laughs> yeah. And TCU jumped out ahead in this one. Mm-hmm. They their first the first scoring of the whole game, either team was a pick six oh. for TCU. <laughs> God I'm bless. First and ten. Um, what's his name? Bud Clark had a forty-one yard Bud interception Clark. return, <laughs> and TCU finished that half. You know, in kind of similar fashion, they were up twenty-one-six at the break. Amazing. Not bad at all. Good start for TCU. <laughs> the third quarter blew up. Yeah, third quarter popped off. Same. 44 combined points scored in the third quarter. 20 from TCU and 24 from Michigan. That's amazing. That is what you want, right? Yeah. This is what you want. Very exciting game. (laughs) What I thought was hilarious, right? J.J. McCarthy before the game is like, well, if TCU (laughs) keeps running their 3-3-5, we're just going to run the ball straight down their throat the entire game. Uh Uh-huh. So then the first play of the game... Michigan runs for like 50 yards. Yeah. Everyone's singing, oh, here it is. Then after that, TCU effectively shut down Michigan's run game. Mm-hmm. TCU was the more physical team. TCU took it to Michigan. Anytime Michigan ran the ball, they were getting tackled two yards in the backfield. Meanwhile, TCU was running the ball very well with their backup, DiMarcado, because their starter got hurt. Meanwhile, Michigan couldn't tackle worth a butt lick. Because one of TCU's touchdowns was on like that little third, the, the little third down like bubble route to Xavier Johnson. I think what's his name? Quentin Johnson. Quentin Johnson. It was just a one on one with the corner, and the corner dove at his ankles and just completely bipped it, like missed <laughs> by three yards. And Quentin Johnson just ran down the sideline for a touchdown. It was an absolutely beautiful thing to watch. Yeah, if you yes. take out that fifty yard run at the very beginning of the game, which was just like you said, it was the first play of the game, right? Take that out. Michigan was averaging. Little more than three yards per carry. And people said they were going to destroy this. They said, let's bring the Big Ten to the Big 12, right? Yeah. One of my favorite things about this game is J.J. McCarthy threw two pick sixes. Yeah. He ended up with a lot of yards, but this was one of those games, right, where you're going to have a lot of yards. But two pick sixes, uh, only had a QBR of 78.5. I hated in the Ohio State-Michigan game how everybody was just kissing his butt like it was your grandmother's ring. I don't know what to say. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Sure. I don't know what the uh, best kissing metaphor is. Um, like you're kissing your sister. Whoa. Um sure. But JJ right. McCarthy, he's not good. I'm gonna say it. He's not as good as people think he is. Yeah. I. It was very. It was very uh, enthralling. Is the word I'm looking for. For me to see J.J. McCarthy not have a good performance against a TCU team that he was smack-talking for a whole month. Oh, yeah. J.J. McCarthy, more like J.J. McFarty. Oh, got him. McBarfy, I say. <laughs> so let's address the elephant in the room, Jared. And Dan, I suppose you are a proxy Ohio State fan as well, right? Yeah, only when they're good. <laughs> so, answer me this, Dan. Okay. Are you a fan of them as of 12.01 a.m. January 1st, 2023? I am not. Then why is that? Because they've fallen from grace. 
They were like a great piece of wooden furniture with termites in it. Oh. You never know what's wrong with it. Then you pick it up and you think, ooh, this is weirdly light. And then you go sit down on it. It just collapses beneath you. <laughs> that is what's happened with Ohio State. Um, certain coaches, namely the head coach Ryan Day, he's one of them. Huh. I think maybe he needs to be doing a bit better of a job. Just now, a wee bit. Jared, what do you have to say on this? So I recorded this game. Mm. Um, and I'm doing my job. I'm literally finished. I have one more thing to do. Literally just like sign off on the computer. Yeah. Some guy walks in and tells me, hey, halfway through the fourth quarter, Ohio State's up two touchdowns. Oh. I was like, oh, shoot. I was like, fetch. But I was like, hey, of all the spoilers, that's the best yeah. one. We didn't tell you the final. All right. Nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. And we were winning, right? So yeah. I got yeah. good. Not bad. Not, not horrible. Yeah. So I get into my car. Okay. It's about like 930. Head home. Pull up the game. And I see a replay of Georgia scoring a touchdown. Cut it to three. Just, it happens. Yeah, yeah, it happens. I'm like, sure. okay, that's all right. We'll just go march down the field. Uh, notably, we're missing our two best wide receivers, our starting mm-hmm. tight end, and our starting running back. Yep. yep. <laughs> Literally all of... Sorry, I'm not going to get, hurts. Not gonna hurts get too excited sure. yet. That hurts for sure. We get down into field goal range. C.J. Stroud, like the blithering idiot that he is... Takes a 50-yard sack. Oh, don't love that. <laughs> on like, what was it, second and 10? And then it was like third and 57? Yeah. Uh, then we make one of the worst-looking field goals I've ever seen. It was worse than my field goals, except this time it went in. So we go up six. That's saying a lot. Two minutes left. I'm like, okay. On NCAA football, I'm texting my cousin Elliot this time. And I say, Elliot, this is where you call field goal block. And you let them score a touchdown so you can get the ball back with more time. That's effectively what we did. I was still screaming at them because there was a big, long pass play, and our guy made a good tackle. It was a great tackle by the safety coming over, saving a touchdown. But I was at livid. I was like, bro, let him score so we can have 90 seconds instead of 45. Yeah. We let him score a touchdown, as it was always meant to be, right? It was always going to come. Happen. Yeah. It was going to happen, it's so you might happen. as well do it when there's a minute left. Sure. March down the clock. C.J. Stroud almost takes a sack, scrambles for 50 yards this time, Ooh. atones for his sins from Yikes. the last possession, and gets into field goal range. Okay. Now, Ruggles right. has been pretty good all year. <laughs> Ruggles. <laughs> See, you know there's a problem there, right? Ruggles. Okay, yeah, he's been pretty good. As soon as it was a first down, like as soon as they called the timeout or whatever to stop the clock, I knew exactly what was going to happen. I was screaming, don't run the ball. Go for the end zone. Don't run the ball. What does Ryan Day do? Runs the ball in the weakest, like, swing left. It was literally, he turned around, pulled down his pants, and let Stetson Bennett and Kirby Smart just go to work on him with, like, nine tails. I don't know what it was. And then he calls some stupid throwaway play twice in a row. CJ almost takes another strack. And I was like, dude, I hope he takes the sack so that we're forced to go for the first down. But no, we have the field goal. It's like four yards out of our guy's kicking range. He already sucked it up on the last one. It's like a 50-yarder, 51-yarder. My wife is going insane. She can't take it. I can't take it. And then I just – my life flashed before my eyes the last – what was it? Eight weeks? Twelve weeks? Yeah. BYU football had the biggest expectations coming into this year. And what did they do? They laid an ostrich egg. Yeah. They sucked. They did it's, not meet expectations. That's a large egg. An emu egg. Tim View was up in the state championship game, lost in triple overtime on a bunch oh. of BS calls. God. Okay? I go to the Notre Dame game, we lose. We go to the Oregon game, we lose. Okay, we go to the Arkansas game. One of the few games I got to go to this year. We lose. My expectations for football this year have sucked. Okay, the biggest game of the year for Ohio State was Michigan game. We got blown out. So I go into this kick and I'm thinking, God help me. We better make this kick or else I'm going to do something that I'm going to regret. (laughs) It was the worst kick I have ever seen in my life. He shakes that thing so far left. It went back to Indianapolis. That was horrible. Uh, that is probably the Michigan game I was disgusted at and I was furious. This one I was just downright depressed. I I was so mad. 
I'm sorry. I know this has been a long story time. Very uh, fervent. Fervent's <laughs> yeah. a good word. Uh, I am disgusted. I am disgusted. There are a lot of things. There's a lot of angles we could go. I know the listeners don't want to just listen to me rant. Maybe they do. Maybe they're sickos. I think it's great. Uh, <laughs> the fact that Ryan Day trusted a 22-year-old kicker. These guys are psychopaths, Ryan. You never trust a college kicker. Never. <laughs> Especially outside of his kicking zone. Yeah. And yet, what does he do? He just lets him spank him on the bottom. Trust a kicker. He misses it. I don't even think he crossed the goal line. It was going out of bounds. That was an illegal kick out of bounds. Yeah, that was an flag. onside kick. It was. Should have recovered it. It was a squib kick. It was horrible. I was so furious. Um, I, I, I'm going to say this. Okay. I question Urban Miles' morality. Urban, Urban Myers' morality. Certainly fair to yourself. I do not question his game decision. Nope. He... Never lost to Michigan. Nope. He won a national championship. Mm-hmm. Ryan Day comes in, wins one game against Michigan, gets blown out in the other two, Oof. and has absolutely farted it up in every meaningful game except for one. Mm-hmm. And that was a 2020 Clemson game, which yep. we did win, and that was good. Yeah. But other than that, he has absolutely sucked. I know that a lot of people will react strongly to this saying, hey, Ryan Day's a great coach. Look at where you were. You were within one point of beating Georgia. I will tell you, this is Ohio State. That, that is not good enough. We did not come one point within making it to the national championship. It wasn't even the national championship game. This is Ohio State. If you're not winning championships and beating Michigan, you're going fishing, like the JP guy said. Yeah. You're going fishing. Ryan Day either needs to figure it out or go fishing. Shall we read your live reaction, Amen. Jared? Sure. Right. This is from the annals of history. <laughs> so immediately after the kick, I just texted, oh, no. And Jared immediately, back to back to back, 2022 can go to hell. Fire Ryan Day. I hate my life. Too amped up to sleep. Too mad to do anything without punching someone or something. It was a rough night. Yeah. Poor Jared. Objectively, it was a good game, though. Objectively, it was amazing. It was a great game. Yeah. Very great, fun. Great playoff so far. Yep. Twists and turns to the very last. Yeah. Very last snap. Mm-hmm. Can uh, I ask uh, one question? Sure. The uh, no call targeting on Marvin Harrison back in the end zone. Yeah. What What are our thoughts on that? You see, I, I didn't look at it close enough. I will say this though. I feel like we have this misconception as college football fans. A lot of college football fans have this misconception that targeting eliminates any contact at all to the helmet. That is not true. We have this perception that Anything that results in a guy like being down on the field or getting like you know his head rocked a little bit, that is that automatically should be targeting. That's not what the rule says. The rule is very clear as to what targeting is. Was that targeting? I did not have enough time to actually look at it because I think I was going to reload my plate of food. Oh, so good for you. Yeah, uh, was it targeting? I don't know. Uh, is it ever good to see a guy get knocked out like that? No, but uh, hopefully he's okay and hopefully he does great in the NFL. Yeah, if I remember correctly, it was some sort of safety or another defender coming in from the blind side. Hit him with the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Was it on the helmet? He the shoulder hit the chest, hit, but there was head to head contact as contact well. But he led with the shoulder. Contact led with the shoulder, with the shoulder, hit him in the chest. Mm-hmm. Then their helmets also hit. Yes. And then Marvin Harrison dropped to the ground unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's never a good sign <laughs> of a tackle. Yep. If they get knocked unconscious. He also didn't come back into the game, mind you, and he was the best player in college football this year. So. Yeah, he, he they certainly missed him. Yeah. Yep. Not, not Very great. disappointing ending for Ohio State. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't good, but uh, you have to remind yourself that these were Pac-12 refs. True. I. Yeah. That, Justin said that. Was, was it you said that? Great the, point. As soon as the game started, he's like, we're effed. Like, this yeah. is over. <laughs> Should have known. So the fact that they didn't call that targeting, being from the Pac-12, where literally looking at somebody wrong is targeting, mm-hmm. is very interesting. It is very that interesting. That means that it probably was targeting. If Pac-12 West <laughs> said it wasn't. Whatever the Pac-12 West say happened, the opposite, the opposite is yeah. right. Regardless of outcome. It's exactly. <laughs> but yes, um, I still haven't recovered. 
My current stance is I'm going to boycott the national championship game and I'm not going to watch it. Mm. TCU's in it. You have to watch it. Exactly. I, when the time comes, I'm probably going to be watching. Oh, heck yeah. We'll probably yeah. do our annual party and watch it all together you on can the big ban screen. the playoff. I'm down. Let's do it. Until Monday. Yes. Yes. Playoff is suspended until <laughs> Monday. <laughs> suspended, right? Until suspended Monday. until 5.30 p.m. Let's get together. Let's watch it. It'll be fun. Okay. Uh, anyway, I mean, we've been talking a long time, but that was probably one of the best playoffs games yep. we've ever seen. Uh, maybe the best postseason championship race of all time, including March Madness, including BCS. Okay. Those games were insane. They were fun. I just remember something, though, that I want to add. Yes, before I move of course. On. Of course. <laughs> that was not a touchdown catch by Michigan. He was short of the he was short of the end zone. Yep. Clearly short. Yep. Caught the ball at the half yard line. He was he was short. He's like there's the no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He was short. Yep. The whole media going, that was obviously a touchdown. Shut up. You guys don't even know what you're talking about. Yep. Second, you don't deserve that touchdown if you can't punch it in from the half yard line. Amen. Yep. Amen. Third, I thought it was hilarious. When this happened, I looked at my dad and I was like, It's gonna be a fumble, it's gonna be a fumble. I was just messing around. Just yanking chains, you know, it's gonna be a fumble. Then the fumble actually happened. I was jumping up and down, running around. My dogs were barking at me. It was it was insane. That, that was... Funny thing about that, that actually. Fun, fun moment. So they catch it. They overturn it, right? Yeah. At my house. I found out about this afterwards. My mom says, they're going to fumble it next play, right? Ooh. Okay. McKinley, my wife, says, watch them fumble right here. Okay. Yes. And then Justin texts me afterwards. My mom texts me afterwards. Everybody called it. <laughs> it was too perfect. We're all on the same wavelength. <laughs> the whole world. Knew. It was destiny. Oh, baby. but I, but I agree. If you're Michigan, you can't complain about that. There's if you can't get the ball in the end zone from like the one inch line, you don't deserve it. With your Joe Moore award winning offensive line, exactly. All right. Nope. Uh, we should talk about other fun bowl games as well. One that I do want to mention before we sign off here is, of course. Tulane, USC. Yep. That was a fun ending there. <laughs> that was just a master class of Lincoln Riley not knowing how to close out games. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Love that he has not changed one bit. So for those of you that do not know, uh, for those of you that do not know me, my name is this and my testimony is this and this. Um, yep. Thank you. <laughs> amen. Uh, amen. Amen. Uh, I'm going to start crying over something now. Uh, anyway. Love testimony meeting. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Tulane was down by how many points towards towards the end of the game? They were down by ten, or sorry, uh, so tw- by eight. Twelve, eight, something. Yeah, something like it that. was it was eight. Yes, at that time, yes. They were down by eight. They scored a touchdown to be down by eight. They kick off the ball with about two minutes left in the game. Two minutes thirty seconds left. USC's return man forgets what a football is. Forgets that he's on the field. I don't know what the heck he was doing. He's probably thinking us. He's probably looking at some cute girl in the stands or something because he completely. Just bobbles the kick and like throws it backwards somehow to try to get it out of the end zone. Yeah, and it goes out of the one yard line. I, he could have just let it go out of bounds and get the ball to thirty five, but no, he wanted it at the one. Absolute fanatics. So then USC calls a long developing read option play. Where have I seen this from before? their own one yard line and gets tackled five yards deep in the end zone? Where have I seen safety. this before? Caleb Williams can't close it out in the next drive. And then Tulane just bombs two throws down the field and with a miraculous catch in the end zone, steals the victory away from Lincoln Riley. Effectively, USC caught the ball for that tight end. The ball was laying on top of the USC guy's arm. If not, then it probably hits the ground. But it was definitely a touchdown. No questions about it. Yeah, shout out Tulane. They put a nice bow on their great season they had. They're now Mm -hmm. 12-2. And they just beat USC in a New Year's Six Bowl. Amazing. Good for them. How about the Pac-X, everybody? Champion. Blown out by Penn State in the Rose Bowl. Runner-up. Lost to Tulane. (laughs) G5. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That Penn State-Utah game was glorious. It was so... My uncle went to Penn State for grad school, so we're kind of like... We're kind of like Danny with mm. Ohio State that's us with Penn State <laughs> okay. we'll cheer yeah. for when they're good when it's convenient yeah. right it's, when it's, they're it's not respect- playing Ohio State what? Oh, whoa what is going on there ESPN decided to wake up yeah, autoplay <laughs> um, but yeah so it's always fun to cheer for them uh, especially against Utah and they bring out the wing tee and Utah like tea. poos itself like what is this that was a glorious 
And yeah. yeah, it was amazing. And to all the Utah fans out there that say Cam Rising, if he was still in, they would have won. Absolutely not. He was eight of twenty-one for like forty yards and they a pick. Would have lost by more. Yeah. And that says something because I don't know. Did, did you guys watch the rest of that game after yeah. Cam Rising went out? Utah's backup quarterback was abysmal. Yeah. Like he was awful, terrible. He would. I don't. I don't. I don't think I see him throw a single good pass. <laughs> and he was like about as mobile as. Kyra's Tonga in the pocket. Oof. <laughs> like, it was bad. There was one play where it's like third and 15, and he's at his own 10-yard line. He drops back. A Penn State guy fills a hole. There's eight yards between them, and he turtled. He turtled as soon as he saw the player, and I was like, let's go. Yeah. Just fell. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. That was a great finish to bowl season. I, yeah. it. I was mad because ESPN made the Sugar Bowl go to Sunday morning, or Saturday yeah. morning, instead yeah. of... New Year's Day night uh, because of the NFL, and we hate the NFL. But that was a great last bowl game to see Utah get their booty smacked. I miss you, bowl season. Yep. yep. It, was, it was a great, the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah. There is a college football game left, though. Yes. Absolutely. The national championship, where noticeably Ohio State will not be playing. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Georgia and TCU will be playing each other. Georgia is a 13-point favorite. Two completely different teams. Georgia is seen as the more physical team, but at the same time, <laughs> Michigan was also seen as the more physical team. Yep. yep. Georgia's defense has been spectacular all year, but Ohio State completely obliterated them and literally threw the, threw the ball to the same spot 20 yards down the field to the left on the boundary 14 different times, and Georgia couldn't stop it once. So, what do you guys think happens in this game? I think Georgia's only hope is... Georgia's only hope. Georgia's only hope. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because TCU, look what they did to Michigan. Wagon. That absolutely took them to the house, right? I think they're going to do the same thing to Georgia. I think Georgia's only <laughs> hope is going to be pull one of their dirty SEC butthole cards like they did against Marvin Harrison. They're going to target people. They're going to have to target people. It's what they do. They're going to have to fake injuries. They're going to have to target people. And they're going to have to pull some slime with the referees if they want a chance in this game. Because TCU, they freaking mean business. And we saw that in the Michigan game. Oh, yeah. I really hope TCU wins this game. I think that will make this one of the funnest seasons in recent college football memory. Could you guys imagine? Oh, boy. Sonny Dykes' first year at TCU. Who literally has the exact same team that went five and seven last year? Yeah. After going two and ten at Cal, his starting quarterback didn't even start the first couple games of the season and had open yeah. heart surgery literally in the off season. Yeah. Honestly, glory to the hypnotoad. Hypnotoad rules my life forever and always. I hope that TCU wins this game, and my prediction is that TCU wins this game by two scores. Ooh, two scores. Do you have a score prediction? Nine. Check it out. Check, it out. Check, it, out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. TCU. It's going to be one score game. One score game. TCU wins two to one. Two to one. It is possible the one point safety. The one point offensive safety is possible. How? Doesn't somebody need to score a touchdown though? Uh, hold on. One. I, 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 I got to look up the rules. You guys give your score predictions. <laughs> I'll look up this one point safety. Is a pick six when you go for two worth one? It's worth two but if you pick it go out of the end zone go back in the end zone then that is a safety but only worth one point if you block an extra point and return it isn't that worth one no that's worth two is it worth two yeah Mm. it's like touchdowns are two and a safety is one i don't know the rules of football (laughs) we're just we're diving deep i'm looking up the one okay my my prediction is going to be 49 to 42 okay actually no, I'm going to change this so it's a little bit knifey in the heart. It's going to be 44-42, to 42, and TCU is going to actually hit their game-winning field goal against Jordan. Ah, there you go. You're right. Somebody does need to score. For a one-point safety. A one-point safety is when the team trying to score a two-point conversion or PAT turns the ball over, the defense takes the ball out of the end zone, then gets tackled in the end zone for a safety. So 6-1? Good to know. No, because it would be the team... That's scoring the two-point So it'd just be seven. Seven, yes. yeah. <laughs> the, the, yes, it's just a PAT. So it'd just be seven. <laughs> so you just get the point. My real score prediction is this. TCU wins this ballgame 
37 to mm, 27. Okay. Mm, I've got 40 to 35. For TCU? Yep. For okay. TCU. Let me just write these down. 37 to 27 for Justin. Yes. 44 to 42 for Jared. Mm-hmm. Jareed, apparently, according to my computer. Jareed, yep. Jareed. And 4235 for Danny. All right. Uh, there you have it. Uh, any parting thoughts before we leave? Uh, we're excited to be back with you for another year. We will be coming back stronger than ever this year. You know yes! BYU basketball is going to be absolutely electric this year. Uh, every game is going to be exciting, apparently. Um, WCC refs will obviously have a lot to say about that. <laughs> um, yes. I'm excited time. to start watching basketball. Uh It'll be a change of pace. I, I watched some basketball highlights earlier today, and I'm 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 getting I'm kind of getting back into it. I'm I think I'm still trying to cope with the New Year's Eve loss, and so I'm just trying my hand at a different things. Um, watched all of Severance, great show. Go watch it, listeners, if you haven't. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Shrug. Shrug. Yeah, exactly. Verbal shrug. No, so it's not a signing day shrug. The verbal shrug. Yes, it's a verbal shrug. Mm. So it looks like we're ending this podcast on a verbal <laughs> shrug. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are super happy to start off this new year with you. Please start this new year right by making sure that you are following the podcast and have auto-download on so that you can always be listening to the show, always be listening to the BYU sports updates that we will give. Make sure you leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal2RoyalPod. And for funsies, go check out our website, RoyalStrongAndTrue.com. Yeah, we'll find something to do with it in basketball season, right? We sure will. (laughs) But what exactly that will be, you've got to go to find out. (laughs) And my New Year's resolution to you guys is to get back on top with the memes. I took a little break with the memes, had a crazy, crazy busy time graduating from school. Now I'm all set up. What are you talking about? (laughs) All set up, ready to go now. I can dedicate more time to making the memes. It's going to be a lot of fun. We love you guys. Thank you. Goodbye now.